0: Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network.
1: Season two. Season two. The uh, unexpected, unannounced. Who would have known we'd have another season? Season two, We didn't know
0: season one was season one, but it is now.
1: We didn't know. There are probably a few dozen Cambodians that have been desperately crying out. They're going, no, it can't have ended the way it did. We weren't ready for this. And lo and behold, we're back.
0: That's it. Signed up for another season. Yeah, man big up Cambodia big up I missed yeah. them, I missed them. Send some messages or comment.
1: I mean we needed a reason for the new season, and we've just got so much stuff to be the reason now but yeah we 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 have to apologize, don't we, for leaving everyone for so long um I'd say the season wasn't scheduled per se it wasn't on the it wasn't the itinerary to to have the season break, but um. As the tech guy so aptly puts it, life gets in the way, uh, and it did, uh, unfortunately. Um, so we deti- we've decided you know, to, to take that time and to come back. So here we are. We hope you're still listening. And if you haven't worked through all the other episodes and all the other glorious bits of info that we've brought to you, hopefully this flagging up on your subscription and letting you know that there is a new episode will be welcome information.
0: That's it. That's it. I know. I know. You want to hit that play
1: button as well.
0: You probably have already. Well you did, if you're listening to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just plays itself somewhere. It, was, oh, it wouldn't be surprising. Um but yeah, season two um of Ideas are bulletproof. It's good to be back. So much to talk about, too much to talk about. It's um it's stepped up, hasn't it? It really, really has stepped up. Massively. It's hard to I think for all those people who were still trying to convince themselves that it was about a virus, that I don't know what they've got. Have they got a leg to stand on anymore? Probably not. I honestly can't see how it's, how we're not seeing the agenda by now. And everything is falling apart one bit at a time. Um, this is going to be a, a, a quick, short, sharp episode. Um, so we're probably going to do a power hour on this one. Uh, just to get ourselves back in, get back to you guys, give you some good stuff, but in a perhaps a bit more of a condensed version. And then back to your regularly scheduled broadcasting from, from next week. I was going to say programming then, but we're not the ones doing the programming. We're the anti-programmers in this entire exchange. Um, yeah, there we go. I mean, I'm still seeing people driving in their cars with their masks on.
0: I did hear that there are some um, outside seat belts for those people that are driving in their cars on their own with masks.
1: Oh, <laughs> the outside seat belts! <laughs> oh, it's, I, I can't believe it. It's 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 made me angry now. Um, yeah, I, I I give up with these people. Um, I mean, I, it is it is your choice now. Yeah, it, it exactly. It's your choice,
0: yeah. but they are bombarding. Um, uh, Tanoy announcements and uh posters mm. telling you
1: that you should wear one. Yeah, every every most storefronts, you know, when people come in, they say, oh, "Do I have to wear a mask?" Well, we'd prefer you do. And I'd be like, "Well, I prefer I don't." But it has become the symbol of the, the the new religion, hasn't it? And obviously, people are not so ready to cast aside. And for many people, the only thing they have, the only kind of semblance of Uh, purpose and collectivism and community is in wearing that mask and to keep this idea alive that, Oh, I'm not being selfish. I'm not going to let, you know, people get infected. I'm going to keep wearing my mask and I'm going to keep saving lives and keep, you know, keep telling yourself that. So you don't have to really do anything else in life that actually does make a difference. You know, just wear just by virtue. And it is a virtue of wearing your mask. You're making all the difference. You're not, you're, it never did, never, ever did. Um, so when I see them wearing their masks, it's just, you know, it's religious fanaticism to the very extreme. Um, I'm far more scared of these in-car mask wearers than the Taliban. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Don't even get started on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, you know, oh, the news, oh, the Taliban's back. Oh, are they? Oh, <laughs> You know, from the living room. What are what you saying? The Taliban's back. Oh, God. Right. Are <laughs> so, great? No fear whatsoever. It's just drama. Um, Albert Pike comes to mind though. In what
0: way? 1874. Um, the letter he wrote um, with the three world wars and how they, they needed to be structured. Yeah? Yeah. Um, should I have a look at First two, bang on the money. Yep. Third one is, uh, is the Muslim war. Uh, War against the the Christians and the Muslims, and um, destroying both
1: religions. Do you know? Honestly, I, I thought we'd seen the end of the, the the you know the the modern crusade. Really, I thought we'd see the end of it. I think when when COVID came along, that was the the new boogeyman that they were replacing. Terrorism and religious fundamentalism and extremism with, I thought, oh, we've we've changed now because people are not buying it anymore, because we're not swallowing it anymore. They need something new to keep everyone under uh, the conditioning. And hearing the Taliban being brought back up again, uh, uh, it's exhausting. And I I know, obviously, they are detracting from something. An old... um, Prince Andrew? Is it Prince Andrew? Is he a prince? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Prince Andrew seems to have mysteriously disappeared and not really being talked about at the minute um i know he was being dragged through the courts um last i heard and things weren't going particularly well for him when you looked it up you know there was it wasn't looking like it was going to be good it was going to be a a monarchy scandal um but it's ironic isn't it how it always just just pops up and i was speaking to nathan about it earlier and he said oh do you know it's uh 20 days or so not 20 days or so, but it's a uh, couple of weeks until the anniversary of nine eleven, Um, which, you know, the 20-year anniversary of nine eleven, which, you know, didn't really kind of register. Um And oh. in keeping with that, The Sun printed today, uh, terrorists could use deadly bioweapons to attack Britain after COVID-19, Tony Blair warns, Tony Blair, uh, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So, I mean, either they're is trying it, to... He's not. He's not in jail, right? He's not in jail. I know what you. Fi- I know. I know. Huh? I know what you're saying. I know he said that they had weapons of mass destruction. They didn't, and they falsified all the pictures and the evidence. And he started, in a, you know, an illegal occupation of the country, and you know, killed hundreds of thousands of Western soldiers and millions and millions of you know Afghani and Iraqis. But no, he's he's still there. He's still there. He oh, looks like okay. Okay. He looks like that. If he was once made of wax. That he's been left nearby a stove or some other warm thing, and he's just gradually started <laughs> melting and his ears um I saw a video his hair's got really long in the last video I saw of him, and his ears look ever so slightly pointed and he's got this very vampiric look about him that he's just gradually... i mean it's probably the the lack of adrenochrome that's coming to him <laughs> and he's maybe he was running dry at that time, but he is looks really really creepy these days um you know, but when a man is, 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 is saying that oh they're gonna use deadly bioweapons and if you if you get the chart it was in the sun but it's kind of if you you know you just type in uh you know terrorist bioweapons you know into Google, I'm sure it's gonna come up with dozens of articles from dozens of different websites. But he did a big speech on it and he was saying that COVID nineteen has taught the Taliban and other sort of fundamentalist groups the sheer damage of bioweapons. If I made a bioweapon with a 99.9994% survival rate, I wouldn't be chuffed. Do you know what I mean? That wouldn't be my pinnacle of, you know, anthrax, I get it, and nuclear weapons, I get it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Weapons of mass destruction. COVID isn't exactly a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, but what about long COVID? When you've got a cough that a lozenge can't sort out, that's not exactly on the list of you know, pure tyrannical evil that can't be beaten. Don't get me started on Long C, man. <laughs> Please, man. Please. Are we not allowed to say it? I don't know at what point we're gonna experience censorship because so many of the the alt truth channels are finding different names for things, and obviously, you know, coming up with different things to yeah, try and duck I mean, the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, jab
0: for me is solution. Um, C could be David, or
1: you know, <laughs> or C, <The> C, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We'll have to. We're gonna have to build a lexicon, I think, of all these different. I mean, we've got Joris and uh, and Bojardin. Oh yeah,
0: it's um, uh, what was it uh,
1: Matt Cock? Matt
0: Cock, yeah. Matt yeah. Cock. <laughs> that whole scandal. We, we, we were we
1: on there or we weren't? I can't remember. I don't think we were on there. Oh I, I don't think we were. But that was, it was the most, like, manufactured fake, you know. it. it that, no one has ever embraced someone like that in their life. It looked like he was, you know, it was so awful. And everyone's going, oh, look, he's had an affair. I was thinking, right, so a very, very, very high up member of government has had an affair and that's just leaked out how and the papers have taken the papers who are owned by the same people, the same institutions have just printed that how, why, you know, when does that ever happen?
0: And it, it was um security camera, but the security camera was moving. All right. Watch it again.
1: <laughs> the security
0: camera was moving.
1: It was moving. It was probably just the sheer testosterone radiating from Matt Cock, making it shake and tremor. Um,
0: um, but long C though I know someone that, that's um, That's got like The no symptom Like the You know Can't taste and smell Right And um, And they was told Yeah because it's long C I'm like yeah Yeah I've got
1: long C You know And I'm like <laughs> You're dead <laughs> That's why They can't smell They can't taste Can't see <laughs> They don't even move anymore It's long C No it's long D Whoop it's mad isn't it that was that was the thing that was a show bro yeah (laughs) that's don't get offended um but yeah that's um it's it's interesting isn't it as soon as the numbers were coming out that you know oh this really isn't a, a virus of concern which is the exact same thing that the cdc said in march 2019 i think or 2020 it's not a disease of concern They were going, oh, yeah, okay, we hear what you're saying. And, yes, the numbers are paltry in comparison to just about everything else in the world. But long COVID, though, you know, what about that long COVID? And it's like, okay, what, what, you know. So if there's a calculator that you can go on to Google. I can't remember where, what well it is, but I'll, it's a weird link. Um, but I'll find it and I will let you know what the calculator is so you can use it yourself. But what you can do, the NHS uses it. It's run by the NHS and Public Health England. And you put your details in, your height, your weight, your um, uh, where you live. Um, you put how many people you roughly come into contact with on a daily basis. Um, any conditions you've got, and it's got the most extensive tick box of conditions in the entire world your history if you've had this happen this happened this happen. and what it does it tells you your chances of catching covid and then your chances of hospitalization and i come into contact with hundreds of people a week hundreds and hundreds of people a week um 30 years old about the same body fat as a port scratching at this point you know lockdown has been very very brutal and um don't have particularly good health unfortunately and it said that my chances of catching covid are one in 0.00419 percent. and it said that if I'm in a room with 10,000 other people in close proximity who also have health conditions who are also overweight that I will infect between one and zero of the 10,000 with covid if I have it so and you keep getting these reports, you keep hearing these things, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a school teacher had COVID and infected 20 of the children in the room with COVID and they were hospitalised. The chances of that happening are an absolute impossibility. People tend to think that if you've got COVID, every person you speak to, touch with, hug with, kiss with, all that kind of stuff is also going to get COVID. When really the chance of them actually catching COVID are tiny, tiny absolutely tiny minuscule and then the chances that they'll present symptoms because again about 80 percent cases are asymptomatic are minuscule and the chances they'll go to hospital are minuscule and then the chances of course that they'll have long covid which happens to a tiny percentage of the tiny percentage of people who catch it of the tiny percentage of people that actually have symptoms is it's ludicrous the whole thing is absolutely nonsensical to the to the 10th degree and to try and kind of depend, oh well, yeah, but long COVID as a, you know what I mean? As, a, as, a, as some kind of, it's not only saying watch out for falling coconuts because they could hit you in the head, but it's saying watch out for the falling coconut. That's just the right amount of force to cause an avalanche <laughs> somewhere else in the world that then takes out You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's insane. <laughs> These people are using it as a credible defense worthy of some kind of, some kind of attention, some kind of warrant is just, insane and it is questionable you know how far these people are willing to go when we're in a country that now is mostly secular because people just cannot believe in any kind of any kind of religion or any kind of spiritualism whatsoever they go oh well there's no evidence of it you know it's it's, it's really unlikely that uh you know there's anyone there and you go right well you believe in ludicrous things you believe your mask in your car makes a difference to you or anyone else Madness, absolute madness. To concur with that, here's something from NHS England directly. So this isn't a second-hand report. This isn't a newspaper article. You can check up the uh, the bed rates. Um, we're being told right now that COVID cases are absolutely exploding. That we're seeing eighty thousand. I saw the number eighty thousand earlier. Mentioned new cases per week in England. Um, and we're in a a massive, massive uptick right now. We are in a massive uptick. And, of course, everyone is saying, well, how can we be in an uptick when 80% of the adult population has been vaccinated and the children can't catch it and it doesn't really affect the youth? But no one really wants to ask that question. We're just in an uptick, okay? You know, we're not going to say that because everyone's been vaccinated and yet there's so many massive surges in new cases that the vaccine doesn't work. We're not going to say that, but... You know, that, isn't that implied? Is it? Does it need to be said that the vaccine doesn't work when so many people are catching it, apparently? Um, COVID patients currently only occupy 5.5% of hospital beds in England. So 5.5% of COVID patients. Just to put that in perspective, 7.7% of the beds are empty. So there are more empty beds right now than there are COVID patients in the NHS. And they're already talking about how we cannot let it become overwhelmed again. Well, it's only 5.5% and apparently we're in a massive surge. So if, if it's 5.5% in a, in a big old peak coming into winter, you know, what are they really expecting? What are they, it's not going to go from 55 to 40%. It never has. And factually and statistically, the NHS has never, ever, ever, ever been overwhelmed due to COVID. It's never happened. And that's not hyperbole. It's never, ever happened. I think peak beds for uh, COVID was something around the 30% mark, and that was at the absolute peak, the, the initial wave in April uh, back in 2020. There were, the NHS has never, ever been overwhelmed. And if you have a Google of that, you'll find many, even mainstream articles. I think the BBC, I was very surprised, did an article on should we be concerned and then showed the numbers all through the months, all through the year and into this year, that it's never, it's never been overwhelmed. So this constant fear that the NHS is going to be overwhelmed and we need to flatten the curve, flatten the curve. It, it, it's not going to... And again, of all times, for the NHS to be overwhelmed, why now when nearly everyone in the population has been vaccinated? Why, why now? You know, you could have made the argument last year when the vaccine wasn't available, the NHS could get overwhelmed because this thing just spread amongst everyone. You know, no one's vaccinated. There's no protection. We are 100%. And even when there was no protection... The NHS was never overwhelmed. So when the vast majority of people have been vaccinated, why are they suddenly going to be overwhelmed? It's it does take a real, 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 real level of you. To, it takes cognitive dissonance to its very, very greatest extent to be able to still process it, to be able to still go along with it. And I, I, I mean, we the numbers were not there to support it in the first place, and they're definitely not there now. And the good thing is, I guess, by the size of the protests we're seeing, that um, people are not believing it. And I'm quite reassured in in some kind of way, because when they said you can stop wearing masks, it's only a, really a handful of people that are still wearing masks in, stock, in, you know, in stores, supermarkets, outside, things like that. People are taking them off. Granted, it shouldn't have taken the government to say, you can now take them off for everyone to take them off. Um, But you'd think if people were generally generally focused on protecting people, no matter how infinitesimal the chances were that they were a carrier or they could infect someone, they'd still be keeping those masks on. You know, a lot of these people haven't been vaccinated, but you know if you're vaccinated, it doesn't guarantee that you can't catch it, you can't carry it, you can't kill others with it, that you're not a, a carrier and you're not transmissible. So if these people were really as altruistic as they pretend to be, why are they still not wearing their masks? Why have they taken off now? We're not in the all clear. And the cases are not, you know, the cases are spiralling up and up and up and up. So why are they, why are they all taking their masks off? Uh, And that should tell you more than ever. It's got nothing to do with these people's own individual choices and their own opinion to fight for it and do what they think is right. They just do what they're told. And the, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the, like they've done any research into it whatsoever. Um, I had this uh, this debate with my, my neighbour a little while ago and we're talking about it because she decided to get both vaccines despite my constant proclamations to not have them done. And she turned around and said, right, so what makes you think, so take you and me, what makes you think that you're right about this? And I'm wrong about this. And I say, so, well, how much research have you done since this started? How much research have you done? She said, I haven't done any research. I'm like, how much research have I done? Probably a lot. Hours. Hours and hours and hours. You know, in terms of collective time, we're probably in the stage of many, many weeks now, many months. And that's not saying, oh, I pop on Twitter. I'm saying actively sitting down, reading studies. Reading the, uh, the 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 journals that come out from the BMG and all these different things, going pouring through all of this information collectively has been for weeks over the amount of uh, since twenty you know twenty 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 nineteen pretty much. Um, I said that's why that is why everyone else your you know your neighbor down the road your friend you know your dad you, all these people you work with that's why they're not right and that's why. I am right in this particular situation, because you have read nothing, you've read nothing at all, you've done nothing at all, and I've never stopped reading about it, so that's why, that's all it comes down to, is just the second you start looking, the second it's going to become very, very apparent that it is all falsified, that it's nothing to do with a a virus whatsoever, it's nothing to do with any of that, but people don't read, and then they just go, oh sorry, what's your, um, What's your medical background? Sorry, are you are. Are you a doctor? Can you tell us? Um, tell us what your degree is. When do you need a degree? When do you need a degree to know that only 5.5 percent of the hospital beds are taken up by COVID patients? What kind of degree does that take to understand that? Surely that's just introduction to to maths. Sure, what kind of a degree do you need to know that they said only two weeks to flatten the curve, and here we here we are, nearly two years later. What kind of degree do you need to know? That 80% of the population has been vaccinated and yet we're talking about locking down again. And the last 20% that hasn't been vaccinated are people that almost certainly can't catch it, people that can't carry it, and people that are almost symptoms anyway. And they go, Oh, yeah, they you know, yeah, sure. Kids can't catch it and it won't kill kids. Got ya. You. you know, the, the amount of children that have died through this that didn't have comorbidities are tiny. You know, we're, we're talking less than a hundred since it happened. Oh, but they they can carry it and they can spread it. To who? To who are they spreading it to? Because all the people they could spread it to have already been vaccinated. All the vulnerable. So they can only spread it to other people who are also going to not catch it. It's insane. It's really, really insane. Um, But of course, of course, keeping in with that, this is on iNews.co.uk uh, today. Uh, government plans October lockdown if COVID hospital m- admissions remain high. And uh, you know, we said this last time um, with with Joris saying that it was the last lockdown. It was it was never the last lockdown.
0: I was saying it's September, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be October.
1: Absolutely, it's it's. And of course, what what is what are we seeing? What are we seeing every single year? So, when it started, it had this apparent massive explosion, you know, massive, massive explosion. Uh, everyone got ill, and then it disappeared. And then it, winter, it came back. Everyone got ill, disappeared again in spring, sort of summer. Now, what we what this where we are right now? Now, what's happening It's going into winter, and everyone's apparently getting sick again. So, it's a seasonal virus. And I'm questioning what other seasonal virus has been around since the dawn of time that has the exact same symptoms, but has entirely ceased to exist now. Freddie Lima uniform. <laughs> Is that how we're getting around it? Well, Freddie. Freddie, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally completely disappeared. Completely disappeared. And it it's, has been the one that, that, that COVID has, has, has taken out. And that's another another seasonal cyclical disease or virus, should I say, virus that, that, that no one wants to talk about anymore. But that's crazy, isn't it? That they're trying to kind of... Now we're going back into winter again. We're going through the exact same cycle again, another year running, where it's going to get cold and viruses are going to propagate and be able to spread. And we're all talking about, oh, it's, 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 it's unusual. It's something that this virus is just so strong, so powerful, so contagious that no one says, But it's winter. This happens every year, and it's happened every year since the dawn of time. You know, there is nothing new in this situation. This is very standard fare. No one cares. No one's, I feel like everyone has decided to switch off the critical faculties all at once and just be enveloped in the lunacy of it all. The uh, what do they say? The convicts have taken over the asylum. Um, but October, October lockdown. Of course, the government apparently come out on BBC News and Sky News and said, "Nope." The the, the websites that are reporting that there is going to be a. There's plans for a lockdown in October. They're all false. Um, don't believe them. But what you have to realize, what we've said so many times, the only purpose really of the news is to kind of seed what's going to happen in your mind it's it's conditioning so when they put the idea out there whether the government comes out and says no you know you heard there was going to be no lockdown in October there isn't going to be one but if it happens or if it's semantics and instead there's a lockdown in November it you, you go oh do you know what I knew they were going to do that I knew it because someone said earlier that was going to happen and now it's happened and it's all bloody government just going back on themselves again and uh, the vaccine minister is a, a perfect example of that he's a perfect example of saying one thing uh, and and in doing another and as a testament to that from the daily mail today um health secretary sajid javid that's a name and a half we'll have to think of one for him uh plans to make vaccines a condition of employment for all nhs workers now this was the same man who said six months ago that domestic vaccine passports were not going to happen in this country. They'd never happen. They never will happen. And they are a fundamental threat to democracy. They will never, ever happen. And now they are. So to believe that because, oh, but the government said, no, the government combated that and said, no, there there will not be a lockdown in October. We promise you that. The other thing that, that the other page that posted it, that was wrong. It's the same people that said, no, we will not be, we're not going to make vaccine passports. We're not going to do mandatory vaccines. This country is not a country that does mandatory vaccines. That's not how you work in a democracy. You don't mandate a medical therapy. And that's all it is. And it's so heartbreaking to think that, you know, at one point, they use the NHS, you know, clap for the NHS and do all this kind of stuff. And they really bolster them up as our heroes. And they've been heroes, you know, the NHS are heroes every year. They're not specifically heroes for COVID. And having a partner that works in the NHS, you know, I had her coming home and saying, oh, well, how bad is it? You know, how bad is it on this COVID war? She says, there's no one on them. There's no one on them. You know, there's a couple of old people on ventilators. We're talking, you know, 75 plus, 80 plus years old. Many of them were already terminal cancer. Many of them, you know, were in the very late stages of life, Alzheimer's, dementia. So she have got a couple of people in there, but they're empty. You know, we've got, you know, a room, we've got a red ward, they would call it. Dozens and dozens of bed in this red ward and half of them are empty, more than half. And to hear now that they're saying to these people that are apparently our heroes, our saviours, you now as a mandatory requirement to work, have to get that vaccine is turning their back on them. It goes to show you what they're really about and not being funny. Someone made this point earlier when you say, so apparently one in four NHS workers have not had the vaccine and don't plan to get the vaccine. So we're looking one in four at the minute people said if they're when you say to these people you will have to get the vaccine in order to work can you afford at a time of a genuine pandemic to lose one quarter of your workforce one quarter of your nurses one quarter of your doctors one quarter of your surgeons one quarter of everything can we with the the massive backlog of cancer and the massive backlog of diseases and apparently the upcoming massive backlog of you know CV cases. Can we afford to fire one quarter of the workforce, which is already understaffed, already under pressure, because they want to practice their bodily autonomy? And of course, people are going, well, they're in that profession where they have to, they have to do it. Uh, you know, to protect the people, but the people have already been vaccinated. We are keep stuck in this circle argument. We are continuously stuck in this circular argument where it's all, yeah, but they need to do it for other people, but those people are already vaccinated. That's the thing. And if you're not vaccinated, let's be honest, I have had about 15, maybe 20 texts so far this year from the various numbers the NHS uses to come and have my vaccines. No one right now is not being vaccinated because the opportunity and availability is not there, because it absolutely is. The people that are not getting vaccinated now are choosing not to get vaccinated. They're making that conscious choice. So if I go into hospital now for whatever reason and I catch COVID, that's on me. And I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. And if I'm one of these people that the newspapers like to put... You know, previously healthy 40 year old man who loves hiking juggling and with you know 12 kids uh gets you know um covid uh, the last words he ever said instead of telling his children he loves them his wife will miss him he's oh, i wish i got the vaccine uh, <laughs> dead you know to, to, to think that that's his last words is just just mad and realistically like i said if i go into hospital and i get covid i'm going to be absolutely fine with that and if that's the end of me it will be a a, a ignominious and quite ironic death i'm i'm prepared to take the risk um i might do it now you know if i get ill (laughs) just for the sheer irony i might i might actually have to have my uh gravestone made up it'll just say here lies you know uh here lies me um date of birth date of death (laughs) i wish i got the vaccine you know those benches you can get on the beach as well? We went to the beach today and along the seafront they have all those little, you know, in memory of, you know, John Bateman, in my, uh, in memory of Steve Smith. I'll be in memory of Bradley, my surname. <laughs> Wish he got his vaccine, you know. He used to sit on this beach thinking, oh, if only I got that vaccine. It's, it's, mad. <laughs> it's mad. There was a meme that I sent around where a little while ago where there an image... Someone had photoshopped of, uh, I think, the Daily Mail, um, where a man was jumping out a plane. It said, "Man falls to death out of skydive." Last words before he hit the ground: "I wish I got the vaccine." Because that's the level <laughs> that they are blaming it on now. You know, as, as everyone's last words. And um, did you see that girl? I don't know if you saw her. That that schoolgirl, and she's only about fifteen. And this is obviously this has only come about when they've changed the focus now to the. 12 to 15 year olds and she's got pictures of her on a ventilator and a face mask saying oh I, I just I wish I got my vaccine done I wish I got my vaccine done no I didn't see it oh she's been floating around all over the place and um, I well, I can't remember her surname but it's Millie something Millie Jones or Millie Evans something like that but anyway people have traced her back and she is a um, <laughs> she's essentially a Hitler youth for today she's like a a, a young MP candidate for the Labour Party. Uh, she's got links to government, families in government, all that kind of thing. And she's been the poster child right now of, look, you know, all you youngsters thinking that you're completely immune to COVID-19 and it can't get you. Oh, look at you, look at poor Millie here. You know, she's, she's telling you, oh, I wish I got that vaccine. You know, I wish I got it. It's, it's so, so lazy, so intellectually defunct. But I suppose people fall for it, don't they? So I guess if people are falling for it, I've said this so many times, if people are falling for the very lowest effort that you can churn out, why would you put more effort into it? They they, they take it, they eat it, they want to believe it. They really want to believe it, so why bother? Just to grab
0: an extra few, man. I mean, those, those queues for them solution centres are pretty full, man. Um, yep. I saw one, I was in one area and the queue was like... At least almost about two miles long. I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> <laughs> it was at least a mile.
1: Yeah. That's it's it's insane. The whole the whole system of it is completely bankrupt, as I said, of, of, of just common sense, of of rational thought. And you notice it that when those when these challenges are made. You know when people are saying like I said, oh well, it's to protect the most vulnerable, but the most vulnerable have been, have been vaccinated. The people don't come back with a reply to that because there isn't a reply to it. That is the end of the dissonance right there. That's when there's there's nowhere left to go, so the conversation just ends. But that's no one says, well, what's next? Now they've been vaccinated. What's what? What is the next step? What do we go from from here? Well, we just it just ends there, and and that's where people are happy for the conversation to end.
0: Bravo, Oscar, Oscar, Sierra, Tango, Echo, Romeo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 actually. We'll do it now. Um, the aforementioned program uh, must be rolled out to stop schools closing. Vaccine minister says. So they're already talking about the the third jab now, and Israel um, has moved on to the fourth jab. Uh, he, uh, Israel's Vaccine sar. this is life from now on. Vaccine SAR warned people to prepare for a fourth injection of CV. It's just booster shots. I swear we said that. I swear we said that a lot ago. Do you, you know, do you think that you'll have the just the one, you'll have the second one, and then that's going to be over? They're just going to leave it? Of course they're going to top you up because whatever they're, whatever therapy they're using on you, I feel like the body is invariably going to fight back from. And I think many people, if it's left, will recover from it. And they can't have that. They need the continuous sh- continuous shots, continuous uh, updates, software updates, uh, to make sure everything goes ahead. Um, there was that Spanish doctor who... I haven't read too much into it and I did read into it and then I, oftentimes when I read into things, I have to Google the counter argument as well because I don't really want to come on here and, and say something that's very easily dismissed because that just puts you in a bad place. And sometimes that, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes there are counters that you haven't heard uh, and it's beneficial to hear and beneficial to understand. And really, that doesn't mean that they're credible just because someone has a counter argument to be yours. It doesn't necessarily mean it's credible. Um, because these people rely very heavily on appeal to authority, so that like, well, there's a new study that actually says this, so that combats what you're saying. You're right, like, right? Well, let's look at the um, conflict of interest in that study. You know, let's looking at, at, at really who's going on there. And I think the you know the vaccine minister, the same one I mentioned earlier, he was pushing for the vaccines, pushing for the vaccines. And it turned out that he covertly with his wife started a vaccine company that was very heavily into pushing obviously the Pfizer and all the other vaccines. Started it in a different name, tried to basically disassociate from himself so it couldn't be followed back. It got caught out and then the company, when it was caught out, when it was publicised, that yes, this is the same vaccine minister who's pushing vaccines on you, who's now started a vaccine company. The company was apparently dissolved um, and it's still dissolved now. There's a massive conflict of interests. And and realistically, that should flag up for people that, that, that these people are not concerned whether you keep your job and they're not concerned whether you keep your house and they're not concerned for the future. All they're concerned with is their life. Because do you really think they're getting the, 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 the vaccines? Do you really think that... I mean, me and Chris have uh, spoken in previous episodes about all these... Uh, all these videos which people film, where these people are apparently getting their shots, and you see them—you um, know—the the vaccines, the syringes have no needle on them, um, or they're very, very clearly a fake needle. You know, they'll push the needle into the arm, and when they pull the syringe away, there's no needle anymore because it's pushed into the body, like a like a joke injection, and it hasn't come back out again, spring-loaded like it's meant to. I saw one the other day where a woman gathered up a—he's—I a, can't remember who he was, someone of influence, anyway. Gathered up his shirt collar, injected it into his shirt collar, and you could see the liquid squirting down behind him. And from the front, it probably looked quite legitimate. But the person who was filming from their phone above him, unseen, saw the the jet stream of the 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 actual liquid, you know, from the from the syringe going going behind. And that's what we're seeing over and over again. Um, and realistically, even when you've got Joris on TV saying he's having his vaccine. It's it's not a real it's not a real vaccine. And the, the vaccine passports do not apply to these people. They're gonna fly regardless, they have their private jets, their private private planes, and they are granted amnesty. You know, they don't have to have a vaccine passport. And even if they did have to have a vaccine passport, they're the elite. You know, it's it's uh, can you yep yeah, agree that yep, done. There's nothing in it. There's there's nothing in it like there is for you at all. It's not the same kind of uh it's not the same system. It really, really isn't. When I was mentioning about the sudden push for mandatory vaccines for the NHS staff, the same article that was talking about it and talking about how the vaccine minister, the health secretary, sorry, is a, is a complete moralist liar who's gone back on everything he promised and how we would not have the mandatory vaccines. They quoted this article from, that I'd read before from 2018. Uh, This is an article from BuzzFeed, but it's been reported in a couple of other places as well, these things only are. Um, The article title, these NHS staff were told the swine flu vaccine was safe. Now they're suffering the consequences. Dozens of NHS workers are fighting for compensation after developing narcolepsy from a swine flu vaccine that was rushed into service without the usual testing when a disease spread across the globe in 2009. This is an article from 2018. So these people have been fighting for nine years, nine years after having the vaccine to win their suit. They say uh, it has destroyed their careers and their health. So that's an uh, an untested swine flu vaccine that was rushed through without usual testing. And what are we seeing now with every single vaccine rushed through without proper testing? And the only historic testing we've ever seen ended up in mass What they call them ADE, um, adverse um, events, and pathogenic priming. When these animals, that the animals in the study caught the real wild version of the virus organically, they all died. All fifty thousand animals died because your body cannot fight. It doesn't recognize the virus. All it recognizes is what's been injected into it. So you have this, this agile adaptive system, immune system in you that when a virus comes in. It can see what it is and it can fight it. You know, it can fight anything at all. It's not scared of anything. It will have a crack at anything. And for 99% of stuff, it wins against. What you do is you switch that off and you inject a code that says, right, shut down, you're done. Only look for this guy now. This is a bad guy, look for it. And when you catch any other disease or any other virus or even a slightly altered version you know, of what you're going through, a different variant, you're not protected against that because that's not what you're coded anymore. You switch off your immune system in order to 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 what? To to fight something you're told to fight. And it's very, very real. It's very real now that we're trying to, to, to push these onto the NHS. It's really it's it's surreal. The I knew I knew when they mentioned the care homes that it was going to be the next step. And then we're going to see how quietly the the care home staff could be forced to be vaccinated without any kind of kickback. And that would be a kind of a, a test. And that's it. That's why you have to stand up for stuff that even doesn't really concern you. Even if you know no one in a care home and you know no one in the NHS, don't wait until they come to your job, your industry, and say, right now we're going to make vaccines mandatory for your industry. Because if you wait to stand up for everyone else, there's going to be no one left to stand up for you. And precedent is a really important thing. You know, so many of these, so many of these things that have been pushed through, I believe that there was a push for truckers uh, to be vaccinated because they were crossing state lines and to have at least the first vaccination to continue working. And all the lorry drivers went on strike, and all of them dug down, and now they've reversed that. And in that industry now, there is the, the where they were previously saying you must have a mandatory vaccine, they all collectively said no, and now it's been squashed. And that's how it needs to be with the NHS. That's how it needs to be with our nurses and doctors. Is is it isn't that way in America where they have forced it? Now there are I, I heard earlier that that. that there's millions and millions of nurses and and, and, and staff on the the medical fronts that are just walking out of their jobs, and and if you think it's going to stop there, you're having a laugh. It's going to hit your event your your industry, your career eventually. And when they when you walk in and your boss hands you a memo where it gets rolled out in a big company email saying you must now have the manager, I'm, I know I'm waiting it for, for in my job. I am waiting for that email. I'm waiting for that post to say the company has now decided that we are going to push forward with mandatory vaccines and you have until this day. And I can't wait. I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for the challenge to go up against it and push back against it. I really, really, really can't. But, And I know we have a smaller audience, so the outreach for this is going to be quite small. And if we had a larger audience, it would probably be we'd be pushing against the censor and the state to actually get the word out but we cannot let the NHS accept these mandatory vaccinations because what it's going to do it's going to force thousands and thousands of nurses and doctors to quit it's going to force thousands of staff right up to cleaning staff right up to admin staff to quit and we can't deal with that frankly we cannot deal with that we cannot we're already in a place right now where, whenever they decide COVID is over, where really we should decide, but whenever they decide that COVID is over and COVID is done with, whenever they make that choice, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of cancer cases that need to be treated. There will be hundreds of thousands of strokes and heart attacks and dementia and Alzheimer's and diabetes and all these other things that have just stacked up, stacked up, stacked up, stacked up. And tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, at least in the UK, are going to die because of these backlogs because people are just not being seen in time, take that factual reality and then take away 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50% of the staff there to deal with them. It's the the, the it's the perfect storm that is going to, and obviously we know that's the end game. of All the words that we're going to censor, all the words that we have to dance around, we're not going to dance around the Freemasons. We're not going to dance around the, the the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum. We're not going to dance around you know the the, the, the Satanism in this the Luciferians. We're not going to dance around who's responsible for this. What their their mindset is. They are quite happy, quite happy to wipe out large swathes of the population. Doesn't even phase them. Does not even phase them. The same way. How many you know. <laughs> How many of you, this isn't a vegan dig, I've said before I'm a vegan, so it's not a vegan dig, but you're can you can, you're welcome to hate me for it. But how many of you think about all the animals you eat? How many of you sit down and you have your chicken when you're thinking about your protein and your steak? How many of you think about how, any, how the animals that die for you? Very, very few, probably never occurs to you, probably doesn't even occur to you. They think exactly the same way. To them, you are livestock. You're, you're cattle, you're a means to end, you're a commodity. So if you think that they wouldn't do it because they're going to be too wrapped up about, oh, no, we can't kill that many. You don't mean anything. You don't mean... Here's the the, the takeaway point. We're not all in this together. We never, ever have been. And if you believe that, you're very deep in the indoctrination. You're very, very deep in it. Guess what else there is, Chris? what is that so you know what What obviously where we are right now is just a constant that everyone's been vaccinated so they need a reason to say well the cases are still going up people going, well I've been vaccinated and all my friends have been vaccinated so why are the cases still going up why are people still getting infected if we've all been vaccinated and they go well there's a new variant isn't there oh okay That makes sense. The the new variant that can duck past the vaccine. And we have Delta, and now that's all anyone's talking about, is all the Delta variant. And it's uh, the Delta variant that can get round the vaccine, and that's why we need the uh, B-E-O-S-T-E-R to handle the Delta variant itself. And now we've got this today from the mirror. More than 50 cases of the new Mu variant. Found in the UK. It's mad, isn't it? Mu. M-U. I don't know where they're getting the naming from. Man United. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I, I thought, I've heard so much stuff that they were just basically going to go up the the alphabet with Delta, Echo, all that kind of stuff. Then there were going to be constellations, signs yeah, of the Zodiac. There is meant to be an Alpha one. Is that? Yeah, on the, the
0: sheet where it had all the different variants. One's, one is called an alpha variant
1: is The alpha the For one the that, future. The alpha is the one that comes along and gets you pregnant and then uh, leaves you. That's the worst. That's the worst. Are you suddenly spontaneously pregnant? Immaculate conception. Nobody else that's that. It's that alpha male variant. But um, yeah, the, the Mu variant found in the UK. Um, so that's going to be another one, isn't it? They just go, well, you know, it's a delta variant. It's a Mu variant. So... Of course, when you have your boot well, I almost said it then. Oh <laughs> when you have your rooster, um you're gonna go right, you're now protected against the delta variant. You know, that's your that's your third jab, your third shot. You're protected now, but you've still you're still vulnerable to moo. <laughs> you know, the who warning of moo, you're still gonna get it, so you need to have another one now, and another one and another one and and guess what i saw reported earlier they are now they've now created a weekly let's call it a supplement a weekly tablet that you can take alongside your shot to increase your chances of the efficacy of it to keep it running for a lot longer so you you can either have a booster you know, every six months or three months or whatever it is they decide, whatever arbitrary number they decide. Or you can have one a year and you can just take these tablets once a week. Just one tablet once a week. It's fine. You can take it with your multivitamins. It's easy to swallow. It's sugar-coated. It's much easier to swallow than all the other ball they've been, you know, passing on to us. But people don't have any problem choking that down. So what's it? what is one more tablet a week? And it's convenient because you don't have to go and book the other vaccine, Ooh, the other shot. You don't have to go and get that done. And people will do it. How many people will do it? How many people will line up their kids every morning and say, oh, kids, you know, take your multivitamin A through Z. That's not an AstraZeneca pun, but it could be. Um, Yeah, take it A through Z and then also take your CV supplement and it's going to protect you from that thing that you can never catch, you can never spread uh, and you can't really die from as well. It's just so insane. It's, It's... but as, as as we said, people will do it. People will do it, and I saw uh, this is kind of unrelated to a lot of um, a lot of kind of what's going on. But obviously, we know the sustainability. We know the um, the, the the big push now uh, with Boris and his he's electric vehicles and things like that, all under the guise of sustainability is to take away independence, to take away people's ability to be independent, to drive, to live a. Uh, a normal life that they can kind of control their own destiny. And if you have a look, if you're so inclined at the sheer amount of big companies, like Huawei, for example, and Xiaomi, big electronic companies that are now putting their money and investments into electronic cars in the future, self-driving electric cars, it's really, really going to tell you what the state is for for Boris's electric cars by 2030. It's really, really sort of... um, yeah, very, very, there's insight there, there's agenda there. Um, one final bit before we go, probably probably the most important thing, one of the worst things as well to, to bring up tonight, that's probably why I saved it to the last. Uh, teenagers will be able to overrule their parents if they want the CV19 juice. Uh, the Independent reported that a lot of places. Obviously, that is the big talk right now. 12 to 15-year-olds can go into their schools or colleges and choose themselves whether they want to take it, and there's no parental consent needed. How at 12 years old do you have any idea what's good for you? How at 12 years old do you have any, any, you know, and of course you're more open to peer pressure than pretty much any. If, if you go to school and all your friends are going and having it done because their parents believe in it and they're going to talk about it, you know, you can't even, if you go to school and you haven't got an iPhone, you're immediate outcast and you're, you know, um, downgraded to the lowest echelon of human existence for not having an iPhone so if they're all going and getting their vaccines and the the parents are talking about them and driving that and saying how it's you know encouraging the kids and indoctrinating the kids it's good but you're the one who's not having it done and they say but you don't need your parents consent just go and do it just have it done anyway or a teacher goes around and says to everyone, right, kids, we're gonna do it today. If anyone wants to come, just come along to the come along to the office, come along to the gym at lunch and it's all gonna be, you know, you're gonna get all your shots done and then that's it. And it's horrendous. And I posted this the other day on an open post on social media. If you have a child knowing full well, as we do, factually, not opinion, not hyperbole, factually, that children are at the most diminutive non-existent risk of catching covid the most non-existent risk of suffering dying anything from it and that again just to stress not opinion not hyperbole not just a random statement the fact is that they are effectively less they're more likely to get hit by lightning so unless you were making all your kids leave home in a faraday cage it's it's nonsense if you knowing that And you can't pretend you don't know it. If you let your child go and get vaccinated or you take your child to go and get vaccinated, that is child abuse. Straight up. There'll be no punches pulled on that one. If it was anything else, if you were to put any other kind of substance, untested substance into your child, into their veins willingly, you deserve your children taken away from you. So if you're listening to this and that's one of you, as I said, there will be no redemption for you after that because fair enough, you're an adult, you can make your own decisions and you it's your body so you condemn yourself to that but you don't condemn your children to it and you don't force a life on them that they don't understand because you believe it's the right thing because someone convinced you because that's something they can never recover from. Again, once that's in you, you can't take that out. There is no escape from that. So yeah, don't don't even... Consider it. Don't even consider. It's not necessary. You're doing nothing but risking your children's health for no benefit, for nothing, nothing at all. No benefit. No benefit. Sombre note to end on. I think. but Yeah, it's crazy. That's absolutely
0: crazy. Raging about that one, but it is what it is. I guess
1: they'll line up. They'll line them up. They will. They. That. You know. The parents will. Believe they're doing the right thing. They're caught up in the propaganda of it all, and they'll they'll go and do it. And it's it will be the great travesty of our age of our of our current modern civilization. It will be right up there with some of the very worst aspects of human history. Unfortunately, um, that's up power hour. As we said, quick, short, sharp. We got through it. Um, worked through it. We're not going to disappear again. Uh, we have a schedule now uh, to basically cut this into seasons because unlike talking about any other number of podcast subjects it's very emotionally draining is very taxing to have to look into this to read into this to educate yourself on all this to deal with all of this and obviously it doesn't stop when we press stop we go out into the world and our workplaces with our friends and family and we get all the kickbacks we get all the looks we get all the conversations and we have to deal with being having these opinions and the being ostracised for thinking this way. So it doesn't stop when we press the stop button, it carries on. So, yeah, we will break it into seasons where we can do so many episodes, 12, 14, 15 episodes, and then maybe take a month off just to have a break and recoup and recover from that. Um, But we'll obviously let you know and keep you in the loop of exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And, yeah, it's great to be back and we hope you've enjoyed listening and being back with us.
0: Yeah, just to add, we'll, we'll say, and this is the last episode of season two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was, uh, it, some would say our shortest and our best season. But uh yeah, it's been great to be back and we will catch you again. Next Definitely. Week.
0: See you soon. And this is not the last episode of season two, <laughs> as it is the first.
1: <laughs> Take care, everyone.